With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, it's Mike again. It's not about the truth. This man's journey to find it. I found it in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and not much else. Oh, how fun it is to make believe I'm talking to somebody. But, you know, it's good therapy for me. It's good therapy for my MS. And uh, good therapy for me to just uh, talk when I have nobody to talk to. Even if it's pretend. Um, you know, uh, I do appreciate the people that do listen to the show. I imagine everyone's probably engulfed in the uh, circus and bread Jesuit drama of the presidential election. Hey, I got a prediction that I'm sure I've got 100% accuracy. Somebody's going to win that they elect, that they select. Not you, not I, nobody that um, we know about. No, we're not going to choose any president. So why waste your time? But then at the same token, I'm about to read a a history of uh, and the uh, supportive uh, evidentiary reality that we don't live in 2016. What do you do with that? How has changed this journey? Yeah, certainly have. I do appreciate anybody who does listen. I um, I know I don't do it, but I should do this community call thing. I should really set a night aside and really cater to uh, all those who are listening. But you know, sometimes you just gotta just uh, go where you're at. Start where at boy I've learned a lot in the past two years about uh, Christianity Christendom uh, Catholicism it's amazing how little you can find about orthodoxy um, clearly one of the things that they have done they uh, managed with the internet uh, to make it much more challenging. I'm not saying it's not possible. I, it's much more challenging to uh, see what their other sections of uh, this world are really up to and doing. I mean, they're out there, but they're not as, uh, uh, you know. So anyways, uh, in our neck of the woods, uh, I'm changing quite a bit, so. My discovery of who the Antichrist is in the Revelation is not the same thing as the Antichrist system 
necessarily and that's the same thing that we are under today. And that they weren't necessarily talking to us or about us or to us, but we're just talking to the rationally and logically uh, the people of the time. The apostles. Apostle John, so. Um, yeah, I'm, I watched this video today. Uh, I tried to. It, 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 was, it was easier said than done because I was really busy with my life and cleaning. Anybody who has a, um, a young child knows how what challenging it is to clean uh, their room. And you, as time goes on, you, you or I used to, you know, try to do it a, a couple times a week. Then I was just like, well, maybe next week I'll do it. And uh, the price you pay for that is it takes a lot of time. Like today, it took four hours. And he proceeded, my son came back, proceeded to make a mess out of it all. Again, <laughs> already. Within about 20 minutes, it was like, everything's all over the place. Whoa. <sighs> Where do we go with all this stuff? Uh-huh. Anyways. Yeah, a lot of sorcery going on. I never realized, never did put the picture together, but apparently, you know, witchcraft, sorcery, and all that, it's just... Uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, our big challenges in Christendom really is that. <clears throat> There's a lot of Simon Maguses around, and there are different versions and forms performing their signs and wonders, false miracles. And some of them call themselves Pope or priest or some of them call them magicians, and some of them call themselves this, that, the other. Uh, the running water of the fish tank is just calming. That's for sure. Wouldn't you like to be my neighbor? Uh What should we read here? Uh, what should I read here? Ah, Mark 12, what the heck. Uh, yeah, before it may 29, and it's 11. And Jesus, okay, uh... And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests, and scribes, and elders, and said unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question. And answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of man? Answer me. 
And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we say, if we shall say, from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say, Of man, they feared the people, for all men counted John, that he was a prophet indeed. Elijah. And uh, they answered, and said unto Jesus, We can't tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. And they began to speak unto the, them in parables. A certain man planted a vineyard, and set a hedge about it, and digged a place for the wine fat, and built a tower. And yet, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And at the season he sent to the husbandmen a servant, that he might receive from the husbandmen of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him, and beat him, and set him away empty. And again he set unto them another servant, and said unto them, cast stones. Okay, I'm sure that's good. And he, again he sent unto them another servant, and at him they cast stones, and wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully handled. And again he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. And having yet therefore one son, he, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. And they looked at him, and killed him, and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? Will he come and destroy the husbandmen? And will give the vineyard to a, to a, a vineyard unto others? I was talking about the Jew. The, the, oh, the Sadducees, the chief priests and scribes and elders, right? <clears throat> And have ye not read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. Not the capstone, the head of the corner. And this is, was the Lord's doing. And it was marvelous in our eyes. And they, they sought to lay hold on him, but feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they left him and went their way. <clears throat> and they sent unto him a certain of the Pharisees and of the uh, Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we know that thou art true. He cares not or cares for no man, for thou regardest not the person of men but teaches the way of God in truth. 
Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? And bring me a penny, that I may see it. And they brought it, and he saith unto them, Who is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. And Jesus, and Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say, There is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die and leaves his wife behind him, and I love the Sadducees, it reminds me exactly of Mormons. Mormons, they're the modern-day Sadducees, by the way. Uh, and, of course, the Muslims, too. I throw them in there, but... <clears throat> Definitely the Mormons. Uh, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother uh, die, and leaves his wife behind him, and leaves no children, that his brother should take his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. And the second took her, and died, and neither left any seed. And the third likewise, and the seven had her, and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be? to them, or of them, excuse me. For the seven had her to wife. Kind of gross to think about. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore err? Excuse me, do ye not therefore err? Because ye know not of the scriptures, neither the power of God. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, <clears throat> that they rise, and have ye not read the, the book of Moses, how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he was answered, or he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind and with all thy strength 
This is the first commandment. The second commandment. The second is like, namely this: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all thy heart, and with all the all the understanding, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he an- saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. And Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, How, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. And David therefore himself called him Lord, and whence he, and whence is he then his son? The common people heard him gladly, and he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of scribes, which love to go in long clothing, and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses, for a pretense make long prayers, these shall receive great damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance, but she, of of what she did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Hmm. Forty years later, the dang place was leveled to the ground, huh? Mohammed and Charlemagne revisited the history of a controversy by Emmett Scott. Oh my gosh. Archaeology of Italy and North Africa. The questions raised by the revisionists 
who deny that Europe experienced a dark age and who insist that Roman civilization survived into the Middle Ages is one that shall be revisited as we proceed throughout our study. We shall also have occasion to return to the apparent disappearance of material remains throughout Europe during the 7th to the 10th century. Wink, bow, 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 warning, warning. As well as to the important question of the nature of Islam and the nature of Islam's impact upon Europe during the 7th century. For the moment, however, it is incumbent upon us to examine in some detail the arguments presented by Henry Pernay. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Perrine? 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 I've been saying the Perrines, but maybe it's Perrine. Perrine? Ah, it's Perrine. That's what I'm saying. The most influential critics. These, after all, uh, revolutionized the debate and largely sidelined Perrine's in the 1980s, but how valid were their arguments? We have seen that, as a rule, those who attacked Perrine agreed with him regarding the reality of a European Dark Age for them. However, the Dark Age was not caused by Islam, but by the inherent decadence of Rome and the Mediterranean civilization at this time. The Muslims they held did not destroy the thriving, expanding classical culture, but merely replaced a decrepit and dying relic. Most comp comprehensive, complete, and thorough assault on Perrine came in 1982 with the publication of Richard Hogg's, excuse me, Hodges, and David Whitehouse's Muhammad Char Charlemagne and the Origins of, Euro of Europe. In this book, Hodges and Whitehouse, two archaeologists with extensive field experience, reiterated uh, the criticism outlined above and sought to prove this with archaeological support, perhaps because of the emphasis they played upon archaeology, which is, after all, a form of hard science, Hodges and Whitehouse's book proved to be extremely influential. Notwithstanding its brevity, there remains one of the cornerstones of the anti-Perine camp. In Muhammad Charlemagne and the Origins of Europe, Hodges and Whitehouse concluded that classical civilization and did survive the fall of Western of the Western Empire but that it survived in a weakened and enfeebled state. They argue that during the 5th and 6th centuries, the populations of the western provinces declined dramatically, and that by the year 600, or very shortly thereafter, virtually all the trade between western, the western Mediterranean and east had ceased. This was several decades before the arrival the Arabs on the world stage, and it meant essentially that the Arabs had nothing to do with the collapse of late Roman culture. Echoing earlier criticism, 
of Harine, Eisenhower White House also pointed to the thriving trade which existed between the world and the Far East during the 7th to the 11th century, as well as between the Arab world and the Scandinavia, and Scandinavia, and some parts of Southern Europe. During the 9th to 11th century, this latter trade brought much gold and luxury products to Europe in the critical years of the Dark Age and gave the lie they so held uh, to Perrine's claim that the Arabs had terminated all trade between Europe and the East at this time. We need to look at both these assertions in some detail. Hodges and White House also conclusion that the Western Mediterranean in Western Europe was in some kind of economic or cultural death spiral before the appearance of Islam was based primarily upon archaeological data from Italy and North Africa. Spain is not mentioned by the authors, and Gaul is covered in little more than a page or two. North Africa is represented primarily by Carthage, with only passing references to other regions and settlements. In Italy and Carthage, say the authors, archaeology reveals a declining and dying civilization at the end of the 6th century. Carthage, they note, quote, was the capital of the imperial province of Africa until the fall uh, to the Vandals in 438. Before this, most of the vast crop of North African corn uh, descended from Italy, passed through Carthage, as did huge quantities of olive oil. In other words, Carthage was a major center of late Roman civilization during the 4th and 5th century. The evidence of excavations from the city must have been as the central importance to our knowledge of the, ep of the epic. They note that large-scale excavations during the 1960s and 70s sponsored by UNESCO made it possible to re-examine the traditional narrative regarding Carthage's decline, namely the narrative which held that Carthage only declined after the Arab conquest. The American and British teams in particular concentrated on the latest phase of the city's occupation. In the process, handling vast amounts of pottery, including hundreds of thousands of M. Foria shreds and high-quality African red slip tableware, <clears throat> analysis of this pottery in conjunction with uh, parallel studies of coins induced M.J. Fulford, yeah, Fulford and John Riley to offer alternative interpretations of Carthage final centuries. Hodges and White House quote Fulford as follows, quote, the early 5th century, uh, 400 to 425, only about 10% of the Amphorae can be assigned to East Mediterranean sources. This percentage is doubled by 
uh, AD 475 to 500, and in groups deposited at about the time of Balisarius' invasion, and uh, 25 to 30% of all the amphorae, amphorae uh, can certainly be attributed to sources in the East Mediterranean. Riley arrived at the same conclusion, though both he and Fulford found that the proportion of important amphorae dropped dramatically after 534. By around 600, and it was found that the incidence of Eastern medieval amphorae was negligible. Fulford found that Vandal coinage issued in Carthage was widely circulated around the Mediterranean, and that by contrast, after Justinian reestablished an imperial mint at Carthage coins from the regions in the eastern Mediterranean, found that the city amounted to a tiny fraction of the uh, numismatic collection as a whole. Uh, the impression conveyed by all of this, according to Hodges and Whitehouse, is that Carthage uh, enjoyed a bouquet and by yet. Why can I say that bouquet? Bouquet. Economy. A boy, a woman, yet economy in the late five, it's the early sixth century under the Vandals. Buoyant. <laughs> Enjoyed a buoyant. I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that. Uh, I'm never going to be normal. <sighs> Dang it. Anyways, I'll keep looking along. So, yeah, Carthage enjoyed. A buoyant economy in the late fifth and early sixth century under the Vandals, but that after its uh, reincorporation into the empire by Justinian, the city went into decline. The authors note that quote the last phase of the occupation in several buildings near the city wall betrayed the pitiful condition of the of Carthage in the 7th century. We are told that, quote, the British excavators under, un, uncovered a comparatively well-preserved mud-brick building, L-shaped and form, dated from the late 6th to early 7th century. After its abandonment, the zone was used as a burial ground, Henry Hurst, the excavator, writes that late burials occur commonly within the former urban area of Carthage, as in other sites of uh, Byzantine, uh, Byzantine, 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 Byzantine Africa, and are conventionally interpreted as representing a late stage of decline economically and in terms of population when large areas of the city 
were redundant and traditionally regulations relaxed. A further building over the graveyard has been interpreted as the home of refugees from the Arabs who arrived in the province in 695 through 698. By then, the city was only a shadow of its former self and must have resembled the decaying industrial towns with which today we in the West is beginning to become familiar. And so much of North Africa and Italy, which is the only other region of the West examined by Hodges and Whitehouse, and the authors claim to find the same pattern of economic stagnation and decay. Whilst they freely acknowledge that the great basilicas and palaces of Ravenna and Rome and several other parts of Italy built during the 5th and 6th centuries signal at least some uh, continuity with the classical traditions of fine art and architecture, for them, these represent merely the last flickerings of light in the glowing gloom. Uh, after the time of Justinian, they argue in the middle of the 6th century, such achievements become extremely rare in Italy, and by the year 600, they cease completely, and the termination of major architectural works they hold is reflected in the archaeology of individual settlements and communities. An example of that they cite of the latter is Lunae, a small Roman port near La Spezia, or Spezia, La Spezia, on the Adriatic, where excavators found that material trampled into the thin floor surface of the buildings and indicates that the Byzantine uh, copper coinage continued to use until about 600. In addition, we are told Eastern Mediterranean amphorae and Syrian glass were being imported after about 600 on the other hand, the material standard of life appears to have suffered a further decline. Imports from other parts of the Mediterranean are rare, although an analysis of the refuge imply that there was no significant alteration in the diet. <clears throat> Interestingly, Brian Ward Perkins, the excavator at Lunai, was of the opinion that the town's impoverishment in the 7th century was due to a large measure, uh, in large measure, to the decay of the classical drainage system and the food, and the food growing terrarium. Much of the territory reverted to marsh. It is clear, says Hodges and Whitehouse, 
quote, that Lunai was barely operating as a port when the Lombards ousted the last uh, Byzantine governor in 640. This decaying of the classical drainage system, accompanied by the silting up of the harbors and the bearing, the bearing of the late Roman settlements under a layer of subsoil, is a phenomenon encountered throughout the Mediterranean at the end of the classical period, and is a topic we shall return to at a later stage. At this point, Hodges and Whitehouse take a retrospective look. Quote, These glimpses of late Roman trade suggest two working hypotheses. First, the arrival of the barbarians in the late 4th and 5th centuries damaged but did not destroy the commerce of the central or western Mediterranean. Rome continued to import oil and wine and many other things. After the Gothic invasion, under the Vandals, Carthage may actually have experienced a boom in trade with the East. Lunai was still receiving foreign goods in the 6th century. Secondly, however, the situation had changed completely by about 600. Carthage had virtually ceased trading with the East and at Lunai imported luxury disappeared. Hodges and Whitehouse admit that, quote, these are large hypotheses built on flimsy evidence, end of quote. Though immediately after they promise to supply more compelling data in future sections and chapters, in fact, the only other evidence they do provide centers around a series of settlements in southern Etruria. 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 And the Romans immediately entered land. The Romans' immediate hinterland, which were excavated in the 1960s and 70s. Archaeologists led by Brian Ward Perkins, the director of the British School uh, at Rome, found between the 3rd and 6th century a sharp decline in the occurrence of a type of high-quality imported pottery known as African Red Slip ware. The decline was fairly precipitous, precipitous, precipitous after about 250 and by the 600, only a few sites contained the expensive ceramics. In round figures, therefore, the total number of small holdings and villas known to have been occupied in the Roman uh, Campania seems to have fallen by well over 80% between the 1st and the mid-5th century. The decline began in the 2nd and 3rd centuries and for a while ran at just under 30% per 100 years. It accelerated to more than 50% 
for every hundred years between the third and fourth century, and thereafter continued, but at a slower pace. The authors consider the various alternatives as to what this might mean. Quote, how can we explain this phenomenon? The possibilities are, one, quite simply, a decline in the use of African red slipware. Our evidence remains consistent entirely of the distribution of pot shares to a change in the patterns of settlement involving the replacement of many small sites by fewer large ones. Three, migration from the countryside to the country towns. Four, migration to Rome. Five, a decline in the population of the countryside and the country towns and of the of Rome itself. According to the authors, quote, none of the first three possibilities satisfactorily explain what happened. What then is their explanation? We are left, they say, with four, migration to Rome, and five, an overall reduction of population. The present evidence suggests that these were important factors. All the information from the uh, I never often South Etruria, Etruria survey tells the same story: an uneven but continuous decline in the number of rural sites known to have been occupied. Which, if we are correct in rejecting explanations, one through three represent an uneven but continuous decline in the rural population. Rome, on the other hand, is the f if the figures for the dole are even remotely indicative, also experienced an overall decline, but with periods of growth in the fourth century and the second quarter of the fifth. These observations, they continue, are consistent with the view that an overall reduction in the size of the population may have taken place between the 2nd or 3rd century and the mid-5th century. And after, but that on two occasions, the population of Rome was topped up by immigrations from the Roman campaign, or campaigns. This reduction in a total population may well have been seen have been smaller than the reduction in the number of identified sites. Like Jesuit reduction caps. Implies but if we find it difficult to believe that no reduction took place. In summary the authors conclude that by six hundred the Western Empire was in the final stages of political and economic decay, and within the space of only one more generation, the, the Eastern Empire, too, experienced a shift towards political and economic collapse. In other words, the transformation of the Mediterranean was well advanced before the first Arab incursion. By the time Carthage was besieged, and in 698, the city was a shadow of its former self. 
its decays appears to be typical of cities large and small all over the Mediterranean, the uh, creation of an Islamic empire in the latter 7th and 8th, early 8th century was partly a product, not a cause, of the economic transformation detected by Perrine. Other chapters of the book explore the thriving trade which existed between the Islamic world and South Asia during the 7th and 8th through the 11th century, as well as uh, between the Islamic world and the Northern European as roughly the same time. These chapters need not concern us for the present and shall be dealt with at a later stage. I think I'm going to end right there. Next one, the archaeology of Italy and the North Africa Part 2. How long is that? The Capanel of Saint Paul Avena, reckoned to be early 7th century. Mosaic from Epsi of Saint Agnesis Glory La Mora Rome built a Pope on Norris. Hello. I know it's dry reading, but I don't know. Something about dry I I Reading the, the, these two books back to back, uh, Mohammed and the Charlemagne revisited what well, Edmund Scott, and then <clears throat> what's oh, uh oh I can't remember what Gentry's books called again something before the fall in Jerusalem before the, the fall or whatever it was. Uh, it's uh. I mean, it's hard for us to comprehend that the first cent, uh, the first millennia after Christ, how much it actually influenced us, and could it possibly be that we don't actually the dates that they've given us are just chronologically out of out of sync. And um, the story that we've given us about the Dark Ages probably that make Christianity look bad. And um, to glorify uh, their pagan brothers, the Islams, and um, the pagan brothers to the Catholics, that is. <clears throat> Those are all part of the mystery school religion, so and how they heavily influence us. And I just find that just... How do you think this really changed, folks? And really, you think about it? And all this time is technology, and um, that's about it. We can drive on cars and on roads now, and we have Internet. And we have toasters and ovens, but... Uh, 
and air conditioners. So he says technology, but as far as superstitions, religions, uh, delusions, illusions, sorcery, witchcraft is still thriving. And uh, I don't know what to think about anything anymore. Again, I would have said the same thing I just said there five years ago and ten years ago and twenty years ago. So it's all part of learning. So <laughs> the process of learning, it's, I've discovered, should make you feel dumbfounded once in a while. Um, and that um, you pay to play. Mm, but you, uh, you know, the, the educational system is not designed to free up your mind from uh, and escape from the mental enslavement that you're under, so or that we're all under. It's class warfare. Oh well, my gosh, he believes in class warfare. How can he be so honest and tell everybody that? Don't have to worry. Nobody listens to this silly stuff anyway. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Anyways, uh... I'm going to go to sleep. My son, I got him for the next, down tonight, and I have him for the next five days now. <sighs> At least I got my son. God's very generous to him, my wonderful son. He's a character, too. My gosh. At least I think he's a character. Of course, he's my son, so... Hey, Jerry Wan. How do I... Hey, Jerry Wan, I'm going to say goodbye. Should be doing some recordings tomorrow, so... I know I'm doing some pretty stale stuff right now, but it's important to do the the intellectual legwork to build a foundation, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh... Well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to build the... Um, uh, uh, build a case, an argument for the fact that we don't live in 2016, and that uh, good chance second coming happened 2,000 years ago, almost. So, anyways, these are. I like the info. Oh, thank you, Jerry. I, you know, I'm not trying to cause problems. I'm just trying to figure out the truth. This is my journey. This is nothing to find the truth. My journey to find it, and uh, I'm discovering as I go down this journey, uh, it becomes more and more. Uh, of a lonelier journey, <laughs> so I do appreciate you showing it, you, you joining me, but uh, because you know it's uh, well, the foundation uh, of our how we see the world is based on a, a house of cards, and that's the darnest of things. And it takes, I think, it takes a lot of um, 
well, intestinal fortitude and a bit of courage to face it. And uh, you're never going to be the same person again, you know, when you face it. And you'll never be able to talk to others the same way again. So it is what it is. And uh, what else can you do? You can stay stagnant. Or you can move forward. So we're going to find out what the heck's been going on these alleged 2,000 years. The the big picture, at least, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I, you know, I, a year ago, I thought I had it figured out. And two years ago, I had, I thought I had it figured out. And four years ago. <laughs> oh, boy. But that's part of learning. You have constantly revising and the good things we don't have to worry about tenure and um, uh, paying the mortgage and put food on the plate in our journey so my we're not enslaved that way we're enslaved in other ways but at least we have the opportunity to know the truth sometimes I feel like I'm a hermit this must have been like in Europe you know there's a time in the Victoria and the Renaissance era, or uh, it was vogue. It was in vogue to have your own little per- hermit on your property for the the Illuminati, the ruling elite, and uh, and they would uh, these caves built next to like their ponds, stuff like that. And they'd have some guy. They'd pay a guy to live in a cave to be a hermit, and uh, it seems to be that's the case. At least it's the case for me. I hope it's not that way for you, Jerry. <laughs> I hope you have a little more dynamic of a life. At least I got my son. I get to bicker with his mom once in a while, so I guess that's all right. So, Well, God bless. Take care. And uh, I'll try to be back uh, and do some more recordings tomorrow, um, like 2.30-ish Eastern. I do want to plug away that it's, it's my goal to get through these two books from Evan Scott and to read the the other book um, by what's his face Gentry <laughs> before Jerusalem because that's just the building and a foundation for some even bigger uh, uh, bombshells. So we got to get through the at least I have to build I have to at least for myself. You know, build a foundation so that you can't just you know throw an accusation out that's irresponsible and uh, or allegations or um, imaginative um, speculation. So I think we have enough of that in our lives. We call that the political elections and Fox News. So why? I think we got enough uh, circus of bread for a while. And, uh, yeah, God bless you there. And uh, that's that. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.